and welcome to Sisters in the Shadows, Women in Blues and Jazz, the podcast about the crucial role women play in blues and jazz. And I'm Colette Cooper. Hi, how are you? So this week's show is dedicated to one of the most iconic jazz venues around the world, and that is, of course, Ronnie Scott's. Three women who are regular players at Ronnie Scott's have excellent new music out right now. Natalie Williams, Natalie Duncan, Emma Smith, and Nick Lewis, who's been just an unbelievable figure in Ronnie Scott's last few years. Not only does he book all the talent, but he's been a major influence on the growing and development of Ronnie Scott's. But up first is the gorgeous Natalie Williams, who is an award-winning jazz singer and the undisputed darling of Ronnie Scott's. Darling, we know that. She's recorded nine critically acclaimed albums over the years. But this August, Natalie has released her first EP, Straight On Till Morning, and it's just beautiful. So we had a good catch-up this summer over a virtual cup of tea, and I started by asking why she decided to release an EP and not an album this time. I don't really realise why, because I've always worked on albums, you know, which take yeah. like at least two years generally to kind of really get them together. Yeah. Whereas an EP, you can, you, know, you can just put them out bit by bit and, you know, four tracks here, five tracks there. So I just thought this would be my first proper like EP. I think people starting to prefer EPs because I think when, the, yeah when you listen to your favorite artists let's face it you, you know you put an album on and some albums are so long 16 tracks do you really ever listen to the whole album I mean exactly. some, I cap it at maybe six and go as much as I love them I'm kind of going mm. I remember when Amy yeah. Winehouse's album came out and it was only like 38 minutes or something it was really is it's quite short you know back to black yeah. is a really short album and i remember thinking like oh that's a bit cheeky back in the day yeah when it came out and actually like no she was absolutely right because there's no need to have as you said like you you know you generally listen to my you might listen to it on a commute or when you're making yeah. dinner or whatever and then you know not nobody's got that kind of attention span so 60 not track nowadays. albums it's too long <laughs> no, exactly. uh, 30 minutes is long enough for me and yeah it could be the best artists in the world who I adore more than anything but 30 minutes I'm like mm, okay done now yeah yeah I'm very exciting now tell us what it's called it's called straight until morning which right. is um do you recognize that quote from anywhere I do but tell us you tell us it's um from yes. Peter Pan yeah <laughs> um and I have a real thing about Peter Pan I remember being a kid and going with my um grandparents and my parents to see uh, 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 Peter Pan in a theatre and um, I was just it was just so magical because when I was a kid I always had these flying dreams I've written quite a few songs about yeah, flying flying dreams um, oh, and fabulous and it was just you know that kind of thing where you can just like just fly up you know you get yourself into a sticky situation and yeah. you just take off and you're like ha ha you know apparently flying <laughs> dreams means you're just really creative is that true? I looked into it, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of flying dreams and I know quite a few of my friends have and I was thinking, I've got this great dream book. But that, when you just said you're walking along the pavement and then something comes to get you, but you, you just have to, you just fly away. 
yeah. you have this power and you really believe it at the time, but apparently it means yeah. you're imagine, you've got a really strong imagination, oh, according to this book anyway. So this album sounds great. I just love your vocals. Oh, I mean, thank you. Yeah, I think you're fantastic. You really are. And um, you've had some amazing, growing up, because your dad was heavily into jazz, right? He was a big jazz fanatic. Um, I I kind of couldn't really help it. You know, even though when I was about nine or ten, I wanted to listen to George Michael and Kylie yeah, Minogue yeah. and <laughs> Michael Jackson. And he was just like, he was just blaring out, you know, Miles Davis and Coltrane yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, and even though I kind of resisted because I was like, no, I want to listen to Kylie. You know, he would eventually kind of started rub, rubbing off on me. I don't think I could have avoided it, it, to be honest. And it delved straight into your subconscious, you see. A Absolutely. Lot of dad, dads have got a lot to answer for because most musicians I've been speaking to, it's always their dad. It's, it's true, dad. yeah. If your dad's Same a musical dad. music yeah. fan, yeah, then you just, you can't help it because when people are into music, they can't help but play it and talk about it and think yeah. about it a lot. So you just kind of, yeah. Same well, thing with wine. <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, thank God. I mean, he could have been playing Kylie Minogue and you could have been a different artist today. Very different artist. You know, now we love Kylie. I'm saying you could be, you know, a different artist. So I might be a big pop star and made loads of money. Yeah, but he wants to be a pop star. Boring. No, no, exactly no, true. what you do is... <laughs> Oops, there goes another bill, baby. A red one, guess we're not okay. I know we like to have an old and nice thing. quite strong ella was yeah. the first i think because with all the instrumental jazz that my dad was playing he didn't often play vocalists but one day yeah. he put on this um live ella in nice jazz festival album uh and it was just incredible and the, the fact that she also took like pop songs of the time yeah um and kind of jazzed them up and did them in her own jazzy way that's kind of what really struck me so it wasn't and it was her improvising and yeah. i was just hooked and suddenly i was like right i need to check out everything that ella fitzgerald's ever done yeah and yeah that was it and then Nancy Wilson. Oh, Nancy, huge fan. You're the first, one of the, the actually first vocalists who've mentioned her. Oh. Mentioned some, all the other greats, but very few have mentioned Nancy, and she's one of my favourites. I think she's amazing. Do you, do you know that amazing album she did with Cannonball Adderley? Yes. That with, oh, it's just one of my favourite. I think that's probably going to be, that would be my Desert Island disc, yeah. 100%. It's such an amazing she's collaboration. In, she's and in, her. Oh, she's 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 um, heartbreaking almost. Yeah, when and I her, the, to the soulfulness that I love yeah. about her. So she kind of like she does. She covers kind of the soulful, the gospel, and the yeah. jazz. So it's all yeah. really. It's not. And she does a lot like, of crossovers. If you listen to her, she's really crossing over. Exactly. Music, exactly. Which I, which is what I love. You know, yeah. because yeah. some some people are very kind of um, they're very specific in what they do, and the whole point of jazz is crossing over it's progression it progressing yeah, you know absolutely. improvising that's what jazz is it doesn't mean yeah, yeah, yeah. just jazz chords it it means the whole progressive moving forward evolution of jazz yeah, and absolutely. i think she, i think she she's kind of spells that all out i think she's incredible happy talk keep talking happy talk talk about things you'd like to do you gotta have a dream if you don't have a dream 
How you gonna have a dream come true? So now, can you scat? Can you scat? Oh yeah, I love scatting. <gasps> right, you've got to do a bit of scatting for us. Ah, oh, okay. Um, well, I could do an Ella. Speaking of Ella. Oh yes, please, please, so, please, Natalie, go. Okay. Uh, so hang on, I'm trying to think of that because I transcribed her "How High the Moon" solo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that was incredible do you want to hear my scat yeah go on it goes like this you ready yeah i can't scat but i can yodel that's, ma- that, that's what jazz jazz mountain yodeling we call that <laughs> i cannot scat i've tried i'm shit you've got to uh, there's definitely well, a skill there I mean, you've just got to listen to... The best thing is just to listen to those records and listen to your favourite scat singers and just copy them. Yeah. That's kind of what I did. No, I've tried and I cannot do it. I think it's a real talent, a real skill to be able to scat. <laughs> that was absolutely incredible. Oh, thanks. That was brilliant. <laughs> if you want to hear some... If you want to go to... Um, if anyone wants to check out our uh, Instagram, there's um, Ronnie Scott's All Stars Instagram. Yeah. We've got we've got a few bits and bobs on there, um, all the like straight ahead jazz stuff. And yeah. somewhere further down the feed, there's our saxophonist, Alex Garnet. Yeah. Who does the most hilarious jazz mountain yodeling you've ever heard. He's a oh saxophonist. Oh my God. Okay. But he, but he basically, <laughs> what he does is he... Um, we we go to Zermatt in Switzerland to this festival every every year. Yeah. And yeah. um and and then and then we we you know we play up in the mountain and it's all really uh, you know the Matterhorn Mountain is all incredible. And then at one point we were doing I'm the king of the swingers oh yeah. the jungle VIP yeah. you know all that. Yeah. And then yeah. The, the the drummer was doing all that kind of jungle drumming. Yeah. And then suddenly Alex Garnett took the mic and started doing that what you kind of what you <laughs> did but like a jazz version of it really and it was so funny you can see my face I'm in absolute shock horror because I, I can't so believe good. what I'm hearing. Oh I love Natalie the lovely Natalie Williams. I love a scatting. Ah, not as good as mine though, is it? Come on. And we just heard Natalie's amazing track, Broke, from her new EP, Straight On Till Morning. Oh, beautiful stuff, Natalie. Great stuff. And now I talk to the other gorgeous Natalie, Natalie Duncan. She's a phenomenal, brilliant artist, singer and pianist, and has appeared on Later With Jules. Her new album is called Free. And she told me it wasn't easy putting it together. Oh my God, it's been a long time coming. It's been, I wrote those songs a couple of years ago now yeah. and so much has been delaying this album release. And, and we were like thinking, should we put it out in lockdown with all what's going on? But it was kind of like, if we leave this any longer, it's just getting ridiculous. So it's-, it's Well, people need I mean, to listen to great music during lockdown, right? So- Yes. You know, brilliant. And actually I've had a lot- a lot of people saying that, so it's really nice. Like, it's- Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. I think you're an incredible artist. So tell us why you became, a, um, you know, a musician and 
and what were the reasons what made you think I- I've got a love for this music what what was that Natalie oh god I mean I'm going back like you know 25 years now because I yeah. like don't really remember when when that started I guess it's always been around I mean my dad's uh, really a fan of music he's not a musician but he yeah. is obsessed with it so we had music in the house just growing up like yeah. all the time that's and like my dad I think a lot of oh, people really? I've spoken to it's all down to the dads <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> same in my household yeah you've got a lot to answer for yeah it's, yeah it, it's just I don't know I think I've, I realized from a really young age that I connected with music in a way that I could trans I could express myself through it and I found like a vehicle to express myself that was something creative I feel like it's really quite a lucky thing to to discover at a young age. Going backwards, all the same words. I've been through this, but it still hurts. I'm just waiting for some stillness. Out of focus, you kiss my jazz and blues you heard Natalie when you were growing up um tell us about that you mentioned Billie Holiday yeah I I feel like I reckon I remember it being Billie Holiday um if it wasn't the first if she wasn't the first female jazz musician I heard she was the most memorable one for sure because like I think everyone can attest to the fact that her voice has such a melancholy in it and such a like yearning to it and that's what I I guess I related to it. And I also just really liked her aesthetic as well. I think that yeah. the flowers and the... Her there was something like, as well. <laughs> her attitude, exactly. Yeah. There was something really relatable and but iconic in her and her music. And I've always, I guess I've always been quite a, like, sad, not, like, I don't know, I, I've, I've channeled my sadness and my yeah. depression through music. And I yeah. just heard her doing that too, and it just resonated so much. So... And- yeah, yeah. And, and what and what song was it that really? What, what, which one you remember? I remember "Strange Fruit" in a big way. Yeah. Um, and and like, why did that yeah. resonate with you yeah. and stick with you? What was it about that song? I just I knew it was about something really personal to her before I knew what the poet was, the poem was about that she was singing. So before I understood um, black bodies swinging in the poplar trees, I knew that like, I knew that she'd had a struggle of her own and that she was channeling through the way she sung it. And obviously then I learned what, what it was about, why, where it came from, the image of the black bodies hanging and all of that. And I was like, And you can hear that, you can feel and hear the emotion in that song, can't you? Yeah. It really changed my, it changed everything when I learned what it was about. I, like listened to it in such a different way but I just remember yeah. that first listen 
thinking this is amazing like strange fruit it, it's just an amazing lyric anyway like the oh it's the an amazing song words. but isn't it yeah. isn't it funny then when you find out with the real meanings behind a song and how you then go back and listen to it in a completely you know yeah. different way it sits with you so differently doesn't it yeah 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 now we know really you that we know that you're 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 you you're really rooted in um soul and r&b but you know which was the first female jazz and blues artist influenced you in your music uh well if we're i guess talking in the bluesy genre uh, i would put aretha franklin um yeah. in that in that category and yeah. like nina simone in that category as well uh, and i think as a vocal as a vocalist i would always have identified more with the bluesy side of singing yeah and in later life i've listened to much more jazz singers and and heard the difference in the harm the harmony yeah, yeah. but with um, blues i think it was more just an innate like blues is seemingly with anyone like anyone that's a singer you sing blues scales really and yeah. i re i resonated with aretha and i say nina simone but really like really probably like vocally aretha but yeah. nina simone and her approach to the piano uh, is mind-blowing to me um, oh, and still is but she's yeah. <laughs> both you mentioned both incredible artists obviously but I, I like you you're very humble when you say you know that you you you, you know you're quite categorical and say you're not a jazz singer um <laughs> yeah but as we know you know soul and r&b it's a derivative of jazz and blues you know if it wasn't for jazz and blues there'd be no soul and r&b right so, so it's true, all yeah. it's all under the one umbrella and and and, and i love how you're so humble that's because you are fantastic and you know you say well I haven't been trained in jazz and well you know neither was Billie Holiday you know <laughs> Billie Holiday yeah. was raw and, you know she was she had no formal training and um, she was very very little notes unlike Ella Fitzgerald she was, so she could convey that emotion Southern trees bear a strange fruit blood on the leaves Ah, that was Strange Fruit by Billie Holiday, the song that sends shivers down all our spines. Beautiful. Thanks to Natalie Duncan for joining me to talk about that. In a minute, I'll be talking to the wonderful Emma Smith, who, amongst many things, has duetted with Michael Bublé. So jealous, Emma. Dead, dead jealous. Sisters in the Shadows is in aid of Nordiff Robbins. Nordiff Robbins is the largest independent music therapy charity in the UK, dedicated to enriching the lives of people affected by life-limiting illnesses, isolation or disability. Their music therapists are expertly trained to tune into each movement, reaction and expression of the individuals they work with to discover how music can enrich their lives. They are absolutely brilliant. But they receive no government funding and so rely on the generosity of their supporters. Charities like Nordiff Robbins are really struggling these days and need your help more than ever. As a musician and a music lover, I know firsthand of the healing powers of music 
It can lift your spirits, unite people and touch your heart in ways nothing else can. And the amazing therapists at Nordiff Robbins use that power to help some of the most vulnerable people in society. If you love music and care about people, and I know you do, I ask you as a proud ambassador of Nordiff Robbins Music Therapy Charity to help support their important work today. Just go to nordiff-robbins.org.uk to find out more. That's nordiff-robbins.org.uk. Got the gorgeous Emma Smith here Hello, with us. Hello, Colette. How are you, you superstar? We've been checking oh. you out. <laughs> Absolutely I'm fantastic. So happy. so happy to finally be talking to you. Oh, us too. So that gig you did the other night was outstanding at Ronnie's. What a tribute oh. to Ella. She would oh. be... She would be just like melting if she was alive today. That really does mean a lot because she is my number one hero. And the fact that I got to do my first gig back with my lovely trio at my second home on that stage that I know oh. so well. And it was just like heaven. The whole thing was heaven for that. Well, you suit that stage. That stage is where you should be because it was phenomenal. <laughs> Amazing presence. You. Incredible vocals. I mean, whoo. Those vocals, I mean, you really can do acrobats with those vocals. <laughs> no, but you seriously... I like to stand on my head. <laughs> listen, you seriously can, Emma. I mean, I've never heard anything like it. Incredible. Wow, that means a lot. Really, I mean, you've obviously studied very hard to get vocals like this. Um, I've, been, I've been obsessively um, passionate about being a musician with my voice since I was yeah. a very young age. Yeah. And I think it's because I grew up in a family of horn players, brass players and saxophonists and stuff. And so no one was a singer and everyone yeah. was a, a pretty virtuosic jazz player. So when I discovered that it was going to be singing for me, I was like, well, I can't, I can't just get up and sing the tune. And, you know, I've got mm. to be as good as my dad is on trumpet, yes. or my mum is on saxophone or my grandmother is on trombone. <laughs> I, love, you know. I love that you've got a family. <laughs> Great. Yeah, from such a young age, I was actually mm. sat in the practice room with my granddad doing his um, quite sort of acrobatic interval practices, you know, but just yeah. on my voice singing along with him on trombone. So it's always been something that I've, I've been a con conscious of, do you know what I mean? I didn't just come out of the womb scatting, but... <laughs> no, well, let me tell you, you, you give a trombone and a trumpet run for the money that's for sure oh my god that is literally all i've ever wanted anyone to but think come on it's true world. you must know this it's you're incredible <laughs> and your vocal range is just unbelievable oh, it's thank just you. you know what you can do is just in, absolutely incredible and that gig just blew me away the other night it was just oh well we know now you know ella is your complete hero we love that now mm. what song well i know what song but you tell us what song was the first song you heard Ella sing and then when you thought okay this is this is what I want to do I can do this mm. yeah it was um it was making whoopee actually yeah. you know with the double chorus and it was a bit yeah. of a, a bit of a risk risque song for an 11 year old to be singing around the house I realize now <laughs> <laughs> making whoopee My yeah mom and dad but you didn't like, know oh, that God, did you what have done? <laughs> they had no no they were like oh dear and they were desperate for me not to be a jazz musician and there I am 11 years old singing Another bride, yeah. <laughs> for making whoopee. They're like, oh god! But it was Ella's um, dexterity and and musicianship that just hooked me straight away. And then after making whoopee, it was How High the Moon, which is that immense solo. You know, the studio yeah. version, which is four choruses straight of scatting. And I just 
I well, remember just thinking, this is insane. <laughs> Your parents must be so proud of you. Um, they are. They're incredibly proud of me. I have to say, my mum and dad are immensely talented and yeah. brilliantly hardworking musicians. So it's not so much like, oh, she's done all those fast notes, we're really proud. I think what they're actually proud of is the fact that I... I went against their will, which was for me to be a lawyer. And I said, no, I'm going to be a jazz singer and I know yeah. I can do it. And I yeah. committed to it, but in a, in a non-flimsy way. In, in a way. You know how it's like, oh, some, some musicians, um, certainly the sort of college graduate experience yeah. can often be that of, I'll wait the, for the phone to ring because I went to the Royal Academy of Music. It's that kind of attitude. I yeah. was very much not that. I was very much like, okay, well, they don't want me to be a musician because it's a bloody hard thing to commit to and to make a living out of but I'm going to create opportunities myself I'm going to work hard enough that I actually can build a legitimate career so I'm definitely still in that process now you know I'm not where I want to be but I'm very yeah, happy with my how old are you you're very young I'm 29 yeah come on I mean you know you've got you've got years years and years yet you're going to get there you are getting there you know your, you your places where you know, a lot of um, musicians, older, younger than you, would give their right arm to be. So, give yourself I think a that's massive. That's what my pack. folks are proud of. Yeah, I think they're kind of like, you know, what she she's actually gone and done the damn thing, regardless of us saying, oh, it's, you're going to be poor forever. You're never going to, you know, la 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 la. But no, you I have won't. to say, <laughs> I, I have a lot to thank the Papini sisters for. I have a lot to thank Ronnie Scotts for, and I, yeah. I'm. As much as I am ambitious, I do practice gratitude on a daily basis. And I yeah, think that good. helps me keep straight and narrow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've got to. You know what? That's the most important thing to do, I think, is because mm. we can so easily get complacent and we get to a certain stage in our lives and we think, okay, now next, I, you know, that's not good enough. You're always striving for more. But if you really look back and think, well, actually, that's good. You know, I've come a long mm. way and I need to be grateful for that. And you need to stop, take a breath and yeah. say, I need to be grateful for that because five years ago, I wasn't in that such place. Or... Absolutely. And recognize your own achievements. That's recognize what we struggle with as artists. Oh God, we're forever beating ourselves up. Constantly. Oh, you're not as good as X, Y, and Z. And Ella sang that at 340 BPM and you did it at 270. Oh, you're <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Listen, babe, I don't know how fast you do it, but you do it bloody fast. We're going to come to your scatting in a bit because I've been practicing. Wait till you hear oh, my cool. scatting. You're going to absolutely well, love it, isn't she, Jake? <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm going to love it. Of course I'm going to love it. Nope. Another bride, another June. Another sunny honeymoon, another season, another reason for making whoopee. A lot of shoes, a lot of rice. I want to talk about your new music that's coming out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, well, we'd love I, to play um, some on here. Whatever music you'd like us to play, we, we'd like to play. Yeah, I've got a record that's going to be coming out relatively soon. We haven't set a date yet. It's, right. it's the same trio that you heard at the Ronnie's gig. Jamie yeah. Sophia on, on piano, Connor Chaplin on bass, and Luke Tomlinson on drums. The three of them who happen to be such badass musicians and yeah. my best mates, and we play together like we're actually sharing the same brain. 
Oh, so I love um, that. the album is going to be really, really special. Um, yeah. And it's my first album in about a million two years. I did do a record in 2012, but it's kind of like disappeared off the face of the earth. So it's almost like a debut album because you That's can't a- hear my first album on Spotify or iTunes or anything. It's, simply lives under my bed <laughs> yeah but you can always re-release that maybe yeah i just want to get this one out there because this is just pure joy it's swing focused it's that. um it oh, has I a real swing. lgbtqia yeah. songwriter focus you've got your billy strayhorns on there you've got yeah. judy garland you've got billy holiday there's a very female centric kind of energy to it um yeah. the boys in my band are two-thirds gay men and yeah really really here for kind of representing that side of jazz music which you don't really hear a lot about apart from your bands like Quieter and the LGBT big band yeah. and things like that you know we want to bring that kind of um we want to bring an awareness to to that community in in the music scene well absolutely uh, and it's because, really joyful and really fun yeah because also you know that's where it was born you know going talking about like the new wave jazz I'm all for you know um jazz progressing and moving forward as long as it sounds great and we we know it always will it'll evolve right it's evolved these Mm. last hundred years but i think it's really important to keep you know traditional bebop jazz alive because that's Mm. where it all stems from you know Absolutely. and it's like Certainly anything well yeah and things become mm. popular this become this is you know one one year this is kind this kind of jazz is popular another year this kind of jazz is popular but it all mm. stems from the one place yeah know, it does that, I mean, that, that blue note there. sound for me is really where all of our modern jazz has come from of and course i've been there i've been experimenting with modern jazz and all the yeah. different bits and bobs, but there's nothing that just actually overwhelms me with the joy than swing and bebop and it's that oh. sound of the sort of mid 50s yeah. to the mid 60s it's like a 10-year period and it's, it's the period that really turned ella from being that big band swing singer to being like the leading lady of jazz you know the, the yeah. only the, the first female scat singer and it, it was the bop period of her being on tour with dizzy and her playing you know in in the jazz clubs and the cutting contests in new york and it's that exciting kind of period where bebop was born that is what brings me immense joy. Yeah, and it's the it's the tradition of it, and it's the it's just the, oh, it, just the whole vibe of it. You know, it's it melts you. You know, mm, it's mm, it's everything about it makes my hair stand on end, and and <laughs> I think it's very important that the you know for it not to die out, not to be overshadowed by new wave jazz, and it yeah. has to be remembered. And it's people like you who are keeping it alive. Thanks. Yeah, I really love very, the new very wave stuff. Imper- I love it. I love it too. But it's important to keep this alive because we don't need to all do it. We don't need to all be cutting no, edge. You know, and I'm not, not saying that I'm not cutting edge because I do think that the work, you know, where I put my focus is, you know, it, it, it is unusual. I guess it's quite niche, and I want to be the best that I can be in my yeah. field. But like. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. What I'm trying to do is keep a style of music alive that brings me immense joy and therefore I know it brings my audience joy. I want to touch people with songs that I've written in the style of or that, you know, or standards that have really moved me. And I want to continue this tradition in a way that is authentic and fresh to now. You know, I'm not, 
I wasn't alive in the 60s, in the 50s, but nope. I feel like there's a, there's a spirit of it that is absolutely as relevant in 2020 as it was in 59. Of course so it is. so someone's gonna, got to take that on, and I really do feel like it is my calling. And it's, you know what, strangely, it could be even more relevant after this pandemic because the golden age of jazz came after the last pandemic, the Spanish flu. Yeah. You know, it was Yeah, that's along. a really good point, for that. Yeah. Bubbling along, pandemic came then it just went wild people needed that explosion all of the, yeah. the so, joy inducing swing and the yeah. fast clicks on two and four <laughs> and i don't think it'd ever die anyway because it's it, it it was born of jazz it'll never never die but i love how mm. you're in you know 29 28 29 and you're keeping that bubbling and so mm. so beautifully i mean unbelievable right we want you emma to do some scatting for us because we know you. Oh brilliant. my goodness. We know oh my brilliant. goodness. This now, Jake, when you hear this, you'll be blown away. Because I, I What know do you want me to scat? Anything you want to scat about anything. <laughs> Let me see if I can remember it. <laughs> um, this is brilliant. I'm sat I'm sat on my Wurlitzer right now. Yeah. Um I'll sing the solo from from Lady Be Good. Okay. Um, oh, so um, please have a little pity. Can't you see I'm all alone in this great big city of London town? I'm just a lonesome babe in the wood. Oh, Lady Be Good. Oh, Lady Be Good to me. Oh my God. <laughs> I've got shivers. Have you got shivers, Jake? A literal, literally shivers all down my body. That was unbelievable. What a treat for us. Do you want to hear my scatting? Yes, please. You ready? Hold on, wait. Yeah, I'm ready. Ready? <laughs> Jake's laughing already. <laughs> you ready for this? It's really special, right? There you go. <laughs> She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes to lady. That was my uh, yodeling because I can't scat. I want you to teach me. I can't. I'd love to be able to scat. I can, literally oh, we'll can't have, do We'll it. have a pint and a session one day. We'll yeah, have and a pint and a scat sesh. You'll piss yourself <laughs> when I try and scat. I just, I just can't do it. Oh. She's a worldie. Watch them fall like dominoes. He's unworthy. Get in line, cause in time, out of gold you'll find.
That's Monogamy Blues by the absolutely gorgeous, brilliant Emma Smith. And as you just heard, the lovely Emma did one of Ronnie's many online gigs, which have been just brilliant. But the man who set it all up and has been extremely instrumental in finding new young talent for the club is the one and only Nick Lewis. But you've done some amazing online gigs, like incredible ones, streaming gigs. Thank you. I mean, just brilliant. The um, I loved the um, Emma Smith trio. Yes. Yeah, last um, week. Yeah. That yeah, was Emma's fantastic. Brilliant. She was just brilliant. Mm. Uh, beautiful tribute to Ella. And, um, and what was that like, organising it? Uh, well, do you know what? I mean, you know jazz musicians. They are... A Our different sons. breed, aren't they? <laughs> I said it for you. No, <laughs> no, do you no. know what? I think because there's so little money in jazz. Yeah. One of the nice things is that everyone's such a sweetheart because they're yeah. in it for the right reasons. They're in it that, for the music. Yeah. Because um, they've not gone down the pop route, even though they, they probably could have done that. Many yeah. of them. Um, so, what, so what you get is just a really... Uh, you know, workable community that just, yeah. you know, they just want to perform, you know, so yeah. the, to put this live stream series together has been an absolute dream. And the, the one that you mentioned last week was, I think, particularly good one. I mean, Emma, Emma worked her socks off as did the oh, rest of the band yeah. just to, uh, just to do that. Just complete uh, devotion, complete devotion for it. Yeah. And I mean, she's a huge Ella nut. Yeah. You know, so she knows she studies that material. She's been studying it since she was a, a little girl, you know. So yeah. she knows every little inflection that Ella's done on her classic material and she studied the live shows and yeah. and, and everything. So I think she really put in a, a commanding performance. She did. She did uh, Ella justice. We had her on the mm. show actually. I got her to scat. She's just Brilliant. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. So she's... so skillful. It's yes. unreal. Yes, and such a character as well. You know, oh, I love lovely. I love the fact that she doesn't take herself too seriously, and that's no. that's another trait of, of of a lot of jazz musicians. Is they, although although they're immensely talented virtuosos, they're also completely down to earth. Yeah, and they see the they see the humour in things that aren't even funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the way it should be. They, you know, they're just enjoying it, enjoying the moment, and that's it. Uh, keeping it, you know, keeping it real. Going back to the club as well. As we know, it's a huge establishment. It's it's iconic. It's one of the most famous jazz bars in the world. It has that traditional jazz vibe. It keeps that. It keeps the 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 traditional jazz alive. But what you do, you bring in the younger new musicians who are the new jazz wave new musicians from organizations like Tomorrow's Warriors, and you really nurture them as well. And I love that because we all know that, it, you know, a, a club like that can be expensive and it can't be accessible for everybody. Um, and there's a very young age, um, very sort of young audience now who want to go to Ronnie's and listen to all the, and you've, you've mentioned many actually in your email, all the younger jazz musicians, and new jazz wave. And I love that. How's that been trying to kind of work that with such an establishment? Oh, well, I mean, it's a complete honor, really. Um, and the timing has been just a blessing, uh, yeah. just in terms of the recent uh, resurgent jazz scene amongst yeah. young people and, and young musicians. It's so exciting. There's so many great young players. Yeah. And so from my 
uh, from my position where I'm where I'm sitting, I'm looking at this scene and going, "Oh my God, these guys are incredible." Yeah, um, they have most of them grown up without support from the establishment, as yeah. it were. So they've learned to kind of DIY their own careers. And um, one of the most interesting things is that they're entirely comfortable playing, you know, a, a warehouse rave venue with, yeah. with a standing audience as they are um, to a seated formal jazz club audience. But you're really supportive of that. And I love that. That's so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's about maintaining a dialogue with, with all these, these young guys and being there early, really, even before yeah. they need the support, telling them yeah. that they, they should they should be headlining Ronnie. Some of them don't even yeah. believe it, um, you know. But it's like you know, you've got the talent. I've heard the album. I've seen you at Jazz Refreshed, or I've yeah. seen you. I've seen you at whatever venue. Um, and come on, let's let, let's do this, you know. And and thankfully, you know, the audience is it continues to grow for these guys. I mean, yeah. Ezra Collective are one example of a band that I started supporting maybe in 2016 something like that giving them a support show and then I gave them a headline show and then we ended up doing Islington Assembly Halls with them which was an 800 capacity venue and their career just continued to rise then we did Coco with them which was 1500 we did Roundhouse last November yeah um, and we were gonna maybe even go for the Brixton Academy this this year and you're obviously that's now on hold that. you know you've got well to not really yourself. I'm just you pat uh, yourself on the back because you kind of it's like you discovered them well, it's very sweet of you to say, but I mean, I'm just a facilitator, really. Yeah. I, I see myself as just someone who's a cog that can make stuff happen. I'm very yeah. lucky in my position that, you know, it's I'm supporting something that's already going to get there. Yeah. Um, but can you do something to, uh, to support the greater good? And it's just such great music. It represents the UK in yeah. a, a brilliant way and in a diverse way, championing diversity. You know, another yeah. thing about this young generation is there's so many amazing female players, not just singers, but instrumentalists exactly. as well. Yes. So, exactly. you know, the likes of Nubaya Garcia and yeah. uh, Shirley Tete and Rosie Turton, great trombone player, and yeah. Charisse, and the list goes on and on. You know, you've got great instrumentalists, which... It's that classic phrase, isn't it? You know, you've got to, you've got to see it to be it. So yeah. hopefully, the next generation will see these great band leaders. Um, it's great, like like we did, you know, yeah. like we did. We, you know, we used to see. Well, we weren't that alive then, but the they were around these great female band leaders, yep. all female orchestra, you know, and That's it. it feels like they are really coming through again. I think it will just, you know, it, it will sow the seeds even stronger. Yeah. And the next generation coming through will be that much better for it. You know, yeah. you, you would you would like to think that they eclipse even what the current generation is doing, because that's that's got to be healthy. Oh, that's the gorgeous Nick Lewis. Incredible guy. Absolutely incredible guy. That's the show for this week. Now, if you like today's show, please subscribe now on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, go on. What are you going to do? What? Sorry, can't hear you. Leave a really good review. Yes! That's what I want. A really good review. Not a rubbish one, but a good one. Thank you, guys. All the tracks you heard will be added to the Sisters in the Shadow Spotify playlist. And links to their websites are in the show notes. Please check them out because they are super talented. 
Sisters in the Shadows was presented by me, yes, me, Colette Cooper, and is a Pod People production. Thanks to the gorgeous Mikey Hansen and Jake Trappett for their production support, and you, of course, more than anything, for listening and putting up with me. I'll be back in your feed next week, next Friday, talking to another amazing soul from the world of blues and jazz. See you then. <laughs>